0: Thank you, and once again, good day to the students and teachers of the Word of God. Our lesson this week falls under the heading of Anthropology, the Study of Man. We've already discussed at length the matters of homardiology that deal with sin in relation to man, the matters of anthropology that dealt with the fall of man, and evolution, and the creation story. Now we come to one of the most important truths in the Word of God, which is the truth that deals with man as a tripartite being. By tripartite, we mean uh, a trichotomy that man has three parts a body, soul, and spirit. This, of course, constitutes the Trinity of man, which is patterned after the Trinity of God. In the conclusion of our previous lessons here in the Trinity, we said that man was a tripartite being consisting of three component parts body, soul, and spirit. And there are two passages that clearly teach that man has three parts to him. So the term dichotomy is a very inappropriate term for the constitution of man. And one of the things the believer should grasp immediately about these matters we're now discussing is the fact that the modern attempts by the educators in the United Nations to straighten out man's problem are doomed to complete failure from the start because the people there do not know what a man is. What could be more funny or more ludicrous or more tragic that a bunch of unsaved physicists, astronomers, psychiatrists, premiers, ambassadors, and uh, chairmen sitting down at a table to discuss the solution that mankind has and the solutions for these problems, the problems of mankind, when they don't even know what a man is. Now, isn't that a flip? And yet that's what's going on. The National Education Association, both houses of Congress, the United Nations, and the Soviet Communistic Party, the Socialistic Republics of Red China and other groups, are actually going around talking about man's problems and the solution of these problems, and there are not one out of 20 men in either group that could tell you what a man was if you asked him. Nothing could be any funnier than that. There is not one state university in the United States that as a matter of curriculum, as a matter of definition, definitive terms of what they teach, can tell you what a man is. The King James tells you what a man is in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He is a spirit, a soul, and a body. The verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, clearly states that man has three separate, distinct parts, and the distinction may be slight in the mind of the indiscriminate scientist, but they exist nevertheless. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the words are different in English, they're different in Hebrew, they're different in Greek, so they cannot possibly be the same. The word for body in Greek, of course, is soma. The word for body in Hebrew is the word for, uh, you see in the kosher meat market, bashar, the flesh. The word for soul in Greek is the psuche, the famous root term for psychology, psychosomatic, Neuro, all that kind of business. And the word for soul in Hebrew is nephesh. The word for spirit in Greek is pneuma or pneumatos. The word is ruach in Hebrew. The words are not the same in Hebrew. They're not the same in Greek. And they're not the same in English. Therefore, to say they are the same is uh, etymological lunacy carried on by 90% of the National Education Association and the CIA, FBI, UNESCO the Illuminati, and the Fabian Society, and any of the 3,500 organizations you want to name. Man has a body, he has a soul, he has a spirit. We know he does because the revelation of God given by the God who made man says he does. For example, God has a body, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. God has a soul, God the Father. No man has seen God at any time. God has a spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Trinity then is not a Roman Catholic teaching. The Trinity is not a tradition of man. The tradition, the Trinity, has nothing to do with religious tradition. The Trinity is the fundamental basic Bible fact of the universe. There are three heavens. Second Corinthians chapter twelve. The Bible is written in three languages Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. The New Testament has it in it three parts the Gospels, the Acts, the Epistles. The Old Testament has three parts in it, the Law, and the Prophets, and the Writings. Do you understand that? The Bible has three groups of leaders in it. These are the patriarchs or fathers, the apostles, the elders. Is that clear? Do you understand that? There are three offices in a local church, deacons, bishops, and the presiding bishop or elder called the pastor. The Trinity's pattern is found throughout the universe. The time continuum, the time-space continuum, is divided into three parts of which the space is width, breadth, and length. The time is past, present, and future. In the Western Hemisphere, there is North America, Central America, South America. On the other side of the globe, there is Europe, Asia, and Africa. You have heaven, earth, and hell with The armed forces on land, sea, and air, composed of the Navy, Army, and Air Force. The lower education is grade school, junior high school, and high school. The upper education is junior college, college, and graduate school. Do you understand that? Is there any particular problem? There is nothing on this earth that is complete that is not composed of three elements. You have three essential organs in the upper part of your body, three in the lower part of your body. You have a basic system and then an operating system, digestive, respiratory, and elimination system in a system that is a nervous system and a skeletal system, and you'll have to find a third system and make it come out properly, a circulatory system. There is nothing in this universe that has reality that doesn't have three basic component parts. If you have an Old Testament and New Testament, there is one part of the Word of God that's missing. If you want what part is missing, it's the incarnate Word of God who is seated at the right hand of the Father. Therefore, to say that man does not have a body, soul, and spirit is deny the basic fundamental reality of reality. Reality has three parts to it in any part. A family is a man and a woman and a child. In action, there is the motive, and there's the act, and there's the deed. The deed has three parts to it, the act has three parts to it, and the motive has three parts to it. The mind thinks one, wills two, judges three. If a man does not believe in the Trinity, he denies the first basic fundamental fact of reality. The first basic fundamental fact of reality is that God is a Trinity. And therefore, I think it's real that God has to do with is composed of three parts. That's all there is to it. Every color has a chrome and a value and a hue. Music has rhythm. It has melody. And it has harmony. And without all three elements, you don't have music. Now, this is basic and fundamental. When we say fundamental, we mean the King James Bible gives the key to all reality in art, music, literature, science, philosophy, chemistry, medicine, physics. The basic thing laid down by a King James 1611 authorized version is that everything with reality in it that you come upon has three parts to it. It doesn't matter whether you're dealing with electrons, protons, or neutrons, three parts, or atoms and electrons and the third part. It has three parts to it, without three parts, it doesn't exist. You have the saved, you have the lost, you have the Savior. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God and three persons, and if a man is not a Trinitarian, he should not be allowed to safely conduct experiments on anything in art, literature, music, drama, education, psychiatry, physics, chemistry, or astronomy. He's unbalanced. Man is made after the image of God. He's made the dust of the ground. There's his body. The Lord breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. There's the spirit, and he becomes a living soul. There's the soul. Man is a tripartite being. Some people teach that the soul and the spirit are two words meaning the same thing. But they are definitely divisible according to Hebrews chapter four twelve. And two words in the Bible never mean the same thing exactly. It is true that many pasts of Scripture seem to term soul and spirit to use interchangeably, but there are other pasts where this is impossible. Briefly, then, this is the distinction. The spirit gives man God consciousness, the ability to communicate with God. The soul gives a man self consciousness, the ability to be a person, a personality. And the body gives man world consciousness, the ability through the senses to understand. We'll talk about the soul of man, the spirit of man, more in detail on the next broadcast. But for now, notice that these three things match the three courts in the tabernacle. The outer court pictures the body, the holy place pictures the soul, and the holy of holies pictures the spirit. After all, even the tabernacle goes into three parts. You will find nothing in the world that doesn't bear the mark of the Trinity. You cannot be an atheist with your eyes open. There's nothing you see in the realm of biology, zoology, ethnology, the three races, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Etymology, the source of words, the kind of words, such as the lingual, the dental, and the palatal. There's nothing you can find under God's heaven that doesn't have three parts to it. The almighty divine creator, the Alpha Omega, has stamped indelibly the attributes of his character and his person upon the animate and inanimate creation. Or as Paul says it, the invisible things of him are clearly seen from the foundation of the world, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they're without excuse. If you're not a Trinitarian, you have no alibi for your ignorance. It is willful and deliberate in the origin of man in Genesis 1:1, the Bible tells us that God existed in the beginning. He has always existed. He is eternal. In Genesis 1:26, we find the fact recorded chronologically that man was created in the sixth day. The details are given. Genesis 2:7. the Lord God formed man the dust of the ground. There's the body of man, flesh, bones, and blood from the dust of the ground. Breathing and also the breath of life. There's the spirit coming to man from God and man became a living soul, and this is the bodily shape inside the man that gives him his person and personality. He is the part of a man between his spirit and his body, which acts as a medium between the two. The soul, contrary to the teachings of Baxton, and Thien, Pember and Larkin, Schofield, Pettengill, line, Custer, Neal, Ballinger, Bullinger, and the next 400 scholars, is a bodily shape. We'll talk about that more on our tomorrow's broadcast, or next week's broadcast, this broadcast is brought to you weekly, when we talk about the soul of man. Now the body of man, of course, is apparent. This is the part of the man which is most familiar with, the physical part of man. Psalm 139, verse 14, says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible tells us the body of man was formed from the dust of the earth. Dust is analyzed containing 96 elements, and a man also contains 96 elements, and they are identically the same ones, a wonderful proof of creation. To mention some of the 96, we have calcium, carbon, chlorine, fluorine, hydrogen, iodine, iron, magnesium, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, potassium, silicon, and sodium. These 96 elements found in man are found on the ground, the 96 found on the ground are found in man. This is the scientific existential pragmatic p- proof by the inductive method experimenting with the hypothesis that man came from the dirt and not from a one-celled amoeba that came from water. The elements in a one-celled amoeba are not the elements found in man. In Genesis 3.19, when God pronounced the curse upon man after the fall, he said in the sweat of thy face, Shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground? For out of it the dust was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And that's exactly what happened to Stalin and Lenin and Trotsky and every Bible-denying atheist who ever lived. They went back to the dirt. Isn't it remarkable how the power and authority of the Bible extends over those that don't believe it? Isn't that strange? Here's a certain woman up in Boston talking about the key to the Scriptures, and when she dies, she says, put a telephone in my tomb, because I won't really be dead. I'll phone you back from the tomb. <laughs> She'd never telephone. And if she wasn't really dead, why would she have to have the phone put in her tomb? Why not just put it in her living room? It's like Barnum said, there's one sucker born every minute, except now there are 30 born every second. Here's a man who said, well, it's all in your mind, it's all in your mind. No, it's not, it's all in the dirt. Your body won't become mind after your death, it'll rot in the ground. Somebody say, Well, have it cremated, cremated. Well, it doesn't make any difference. You have it burned to ashes. The ash will be put in a jar. Where'd you get the jar from? Isn't amazing how these silly little superstitious college educated people talk sometimes. Isn't amazing. I never cease to be amazed at the bigoted, dogmatic, arrogant ignorance of the average medical doctor or lawyer. It's fantastic, isn't it? Here's a man swagging around talking about what man going to do going to get the moon. And the old boy believed the moon was thrown out of the earth. You know that, don't you? That's why they went up there to try to find life. They spent $25 billion a year money to try to prove something the Bible told them couldn't be proved when they started twenty-five billion dollars to try to correct the King James Bible. Must be put, a pretty powerful book, don't you think? You see, why did you say King James? Because many of the other Bibles don't begin Genesis 1-1 the way the King James begins it. You did notice that, didn't you? I suppose you people did. You did notice that Genesis 1-1, the living Bible, doesn't begin as the King James did? I guess you noticed that. I'm sure you did. By translating as a participle, <laughs> We've got a lot of winners these days. $25 billion a year of money to try to make a liar out of God. And the same people thought the moon came out of the earth originally as a satellite, and most of them think it came out of the Pacific Basin. Well, then, my friend, if you populated the moon, you died in the moon, you still wouldn't overthrow Genesis 3.19. You'd still go back to the dust. As a matter of fact, these scientists and evolutionists, they're beginning to think that In eternity, there was an eternal universe that existed as a dust cloud. Did you dig that bitch digger in the dirt? Isn't that something? When all is said and done, a man, if he's an atheist, has to go by the King James Bible. The Bible doesn't give you any room to move in, it just pins your shoulders in the mat and then sits on you and leaves you right there. A man says, well, I don't bomb. blow you to pieces. It'll come down to the ground. The fallout will come to the ground. You said, be buried in the bottom of the ocean. Well, the ocean will evaporate and go up in the air and the rain will dump it out and dump it out in the ground. You say, well, I'll rot there in the bottom of the ocean, you know. Well, the bottom of the ocean is the ground. You won't be the King James Bible out no matter what you think. Here's a man who's had ten years education, formal education as a geologist, and spend all this time writing these little Mickey Mouse Disneyland charts and evolution. The poor fool thinks he's had 25 years of formal education, he's intelligent. And talking about man this and man that, you don't have to tell when he dies, they'll bury him. You know what they bury him? they bury him in the ground. He's me an air-conditioned, you know, vault, you know, and the body be preserved, it'll rot. You can't beat the second law of thermodynamics, entropy. You go back where you came from. No doubt about it. You know, say, so you say, why? If the book says it, that settles it. Well, the King James Bible pronounces judgment on the 20th century educated man. His education is no more important than if he never went to school to start with. It really doesn't amount to anything. That's what infuriates him, but that's what makes him so mad. Did you ever stop thinking about this? I mean, think for a minute. 98.9% of every modern progressive movement in science and religion and education and sociology and humanities is an effort to overthrow the King James Bible in the first 12 verses of Genesis. Now, now, think just a minute. I mean, I realize some of you people aren't right now are so boiling mad you can't contain yourself because you're uh, in your dogmatic, narrow mind, and prejudiced ignorance. You've had some wild idea that the education you blew your money on equipped you to talk intelligently. Now, now, think just a minute. Are you ready? Now, now, I mean, get your prejudice out of your mind, you know. Let's don't have this mid-Victorian, puritanical, archaic, dogmatic nonsense by Bertrand Russell and John Dewey. Let's think clear now for a minute. Are you ready? All right. The Lord told that man he'd run his wife. You know what modern education and science will try to do? They'll try to make him equal so he doesn't. Ladies, if a man can't rule his home, he'll ruin it. Do you hear know what I said? I said if a man can't rule his home, he'll ruin it. You don't believe it? Check the divorce courts. All right, next. That book told that man you're going to make your living in the sweat of your face. You're going to sweat for a living. You know what they're going to do? They're going to give you an air-conditioned office, an air-conditioned church, an air-conditioned car, and an air-conditioned house, so you don't have to sweat for a living. Science, education, religion are dedicated to overthrowing the Word of God. You know what happens to you if you don't sweat? Like some of you folks don't. When you get over 40, your body will be so filled with poison, they'll think you're going to have a heart attack because of strenuous living. When you get over 50, you'll start having your heart attacks, and somebody will say it's due to the nervous tension. And a lot of you drop dead before you're 60. You won't beat God out with any scientific advancement, known or unknown to man. Of course, you can try. They're trying. You know something about this? 99.999% 99.999% of every religious, educational, and scientific and social advancement in the 20th century has been an effort to make a lie out of God. Now, let's try it again. You know what the Lord told that man? He said, when you die, you're going back to the dirt. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to freeze them, him up in the air, do everything in the world to get rid of that prophecy. You know how much they've succeeded in overthrowing that prophecy? They have it at one time in two billion five hundred million people. Living or dead. You know what that book says? It says about that woman, in sorrow you're going to bring forth children. You're going to have pain, sorrow, and childbirth. You know what they're working on right now? Painless childbirth. You know what they're working on right now? Artificial insemination, where you won't have to get involved with somebody to have sorrow. You know what they're going to accomplish by it? Absolutely nothing. Now, this reactionary negativism is what the educated man can't stand because he makes his living by fooling people. He makes his living by professing to be engaged in this great forward movement for the benefit of mankind. Therefore, this great modern progressive, this great liberal forward, on for the good of mankind, upward, onward, never backward fellow, has his income tied up with his teaching. And when you hit his teaching, you hit his pocketbook. Folks don't like that. You know what the Lord said about the three races in the first twelve chapters of Genesis? Read it. Do you know what they're at work at? Do you know what they're going to do? They're going to make them all the same. Do you know what they're going to accomplish by that? Absolutely nothing. Zero. You say, why? Because they've never hit the ball one time at bats for 6,000 years. The effort of man is to make a lie out of God and overrule Genesis 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. God has a chosen race, but they're not white Southerners. God has a chosen race, but they're not Africans, and they're not Europeans, and they sure aren't Americans. You say, we're going to prove, you're going to prove that God is true and every man's a liar. Romans chapter 3. And if you attain the progress and the stage of civilization of Star Wars, you'll have a civilization where people are in slavery, robots, and the murder and killing and destruction will triple. When God says it, that's it. And what you think about it is immaterial, so I'm not going to ask you. The body of man has five senses, sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. He doesn't have a sixth sense till he's born again. All ecstasy, pain, sensation, abilities expressed into the physical body. And after the fall of the the body became a dying, death-doomed body. Ever since Eden, man is born with an appointment with death. What will you do about it? You will do absolutely nothing about it, nor any of your friends nor is there any scientist living or dead who could ever keep you alive forever, nor will there ever be. Nor will any scientific achievement or scientific advancement of any kind by fallen man ever reduce the ratio from 100 percent to 99.9999999 percent. There is in one case in the history of the universe where science could keep anybody alive indefinitely no matter what they did, nor is there any case for well, they will. The wage of sin is death. You die because you're a sinner. And if you come back from the dead 50 times in 50 days, you will eventually kick the bucket, and they will put you to bed with a shovel. And once God takes your soul for good, brother, you are gone. It is the point a man wants to die, and after this the judgment. By trying to get rid of death, man is trying to cover up the obvious fact that he's a sinner, for the wage of sin is death. And until a man is born again, he only has five senses, and beyond those five senses, he can understand nothing. This is why the modern empirical scientific method believes in nothing that it can't see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. This is called a demonstrative proof, and according to Einstein's theory of meaning, the definition of the word, no term has meaning unless it can be demonstrated empirically, which, of course, is bat feathers. The unsaved man, being dead in trespass in sin, lives like an animal, breathes, smells, tastes, hears, and sees like an animal, feels like an animal, and in his most highly cultured moments he is nothing but a highly trained animal, which is why he thinks he came from the animals. All animals have three basic drives self preservation, self propagation, and self gratification. And although from animal to animal these drives may vary in their fulfillment, self gratification, self-propagation, and self-preservation are the only goals an animal has in mind. Therefore, every unsaved man listening to my voice at this moment has three goals. And whether they be disguised as religious goals, humanitarian goals, do-goody-goody-goody goals, or make the world a better place to live in, that's the old buffer, they still come to the heading of self-gratification for altruistic reasons, self-propagation, the sex instinct, or self-preservation, staying alive. No unsaved man has any higher goal and basic drives than any dog or skunk or ape that ever lived. And that's why Darwin capitalized on the unsaved condition of the lost man dead in trespass and sin and taught him that he was kin to an orangutan. As the Bible says, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not, that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Or as someone so aptly put it, born once, die twice, born twice, die once. The body of man is a doomed machine headed for the grave. Unless you're born again, you cannot have everlasting life. For the weight of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord.